we've, we've combined all of the other beverages. We put coffee in there. We put any type of grapefruit drink. We've run out of things that. What do we do? Just in, just triple the hops. We already tripled the hops. Triple the just hops. Keep adding add more coffee hops. and oranges. Keep adding more like, hops. Oh no! It, Draw it, your beard. You get, I, you're I, getting weird ones like like sarsaparilla and shit. And what I'm the like, fuck is sarsaparilla? I don't. I don't even know. It's uh, it's like uh, I saw one with um with the succotash. I'm like, that's I, not something that Sylvester Stallone. Uh, no, <laughs> not Stallone. <laughs> Sylvester the cat says. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone might have said that as well. Was it? Was it? Uh, anyway, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I love Stallone. I, 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 <laughs> no, man, you're absolutely right. Craft beer is is so hit and miss, and most of it's missed now. Uh, you won't catch me in a. The last time, oh, no, you don't like. You craft guys didn't beer, grab me actually. a D twenty. I'll be right back. It's right I in did. front of you. Yeah, Where's yours? Oh, you got it in your hand. That makes sense. Yeah. No. So, so the last time that I went over, I'm hanging out with a buddy. Um, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's go out for dinner. Let's let's go grab a beer. I'm I'm digging pub food. He's like, yeah, sure. I know this, yeah. this cool new place that just opened up, and I'm and immediately I'm suspicious. I'm immediately suspicious of this shit. A cool new place <laughs> where we, no. So we walk in. The, it has four seats. Everybody looks like a lumberjack. Yeah, they've never been in the woods. Oh, uh, <laughs> they, they they all look like like anorexic lumberjacks. Yeah, like like they're anemic. Yeah. Right, it's <laughs> a different diet. Are you, are you keto? I was keto last week. I'm vegan this week. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> and, and we walk in, and I'm like, hey, paleo. That started to bleed into the construction like world, and like you just get guys coming in, like I can't lift these things. It's like because you've been like. On keto for three weeks. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, you want to know what the problem is, that you go in to get pub food, and the only thing they have are this little box of organic pretzels. And it's not even a bag of pretzels. It's a box. And the box isn't sealed. (laughs) And I'm like, where did you get this? Oh, we make it in the back. Who buys this? How is it? Make your fucking beer. <laughs> I'm so mad. You're not even making beer. I'm sick to death of hipsters. I'm sick to death of walking into a place and there's like giant like wood wheels and people like spinning yarn and stuff and they haven't showered in six weeks. I'm like, stop stop being such a fucking hipster. <laughs> and, and I have a beard. I'm proud of my beard. Yes. Yeah, but I see other people on the street with beards. And I, I go, also you have don't a beard. deserve it. <laughs> yes, you don't Just because. Deserve because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> I sound like a dwarf. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That's what so, it's like, man. I love craft beer, but yeah. I, no, I, I I can't stand this stuff. I'm with Adam on this one. Like hops and uh, hops and stuff in the beer. No thanks. No. I, I, I'm a I stout. stout. Yeah. yeah. At best, at stout. best, I'm like a porter. lager. Yeah, I'm all over a porter. So, but, so yeah. you're bearded and you prefer your stout. So you pretty much are just a dwarf. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So like all dwarves, you also like dark places, um, especially underground. I actually live in a basement suite, so here we are. <laughs> well, we spend a lot of time in basements. Just yeah, yeah, we do, especially in this hobby. Everyone's got a basement that we're in a basement right now, we're recording this. Right yeah, studio. yeah, you also it's a studio, have a Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, like all other dark, dingy places that are kind of wet and underground, tonight we're going to be talking about the underdark. Oh, oh! So we're going to roll the credits, and then we're going to get started. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. We started this with wet, dingy, dark, underground. It's not good, man. That's the wrong podcast again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you'd find passion for that. 
Passion for what? I don't know, BDSM or something. I don't no, know. no, oh, okay. no. This, this, this is how we're going to start back up after the <laughs> music. People the find, music stopped playing like 40 find, seconds no, ago. I just mean, like, you, you're one of those rare skilled people where you work with wood. You could literally make your own BDSM devices. Do you know how much money you would make from building those? Because you're very good at your job. You I should be building, like, BDSM this. torture okay, racks? for the people at home, they don't know... That we have this beautiful big what is it like? I it's thought like an arch. it looks like a gallows. That is a that is a former wedding arch that uh, a couple like a of my gallows. friends got married. It, those two it things looks, are very similar. It looks like a gallows, <laughs> and it's beautifully yeah, crafted. Six of one half but it could be if you just adjusted it a little bit. This could be some sort of torture rack, and people pay a lot of money. Oh, you can hang so. a sex swing off that, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Look, the reason that we get so confused with this BDSM talk is because Dan is a BSDM, <laughs> and we need to get back on topic. BSDM, yeah. you're a bullshit. Dungeon Master. <laughs> for sakes. <laughs> Love you too, bud. Glad I'm not DMing for you anymore. Anyway, so uh, today we're talking about the Underdark. Just to just sideline us right back, back onto the topic here. Uh, today we're talking about the Underdark. Uh, it's going to be another one of our lore episodes. We we got we got those two listeners that are just super disappointed right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the two BDSM people taking notes. Where, they, they just unzipped to their mouths and where yelled. Can we, if you want, hey, gifts are a creature in the Underdark. I'm ready to start it. All all. However many we under twenty people that download this every single time. If you just stands well over if you want Dan I'm now concerned. If you want Dan to build BDSM furniture, Nini is a master carpenter. I want to start a petition for this so that he understands this is how he's gonna make money. Firstly, because he's a massive Christian, I think it would be hilarious (laughs) if this is how he provides for his family. (laughs) Adam is now hurting himself. Walking away. Where are you guys? Because because Christians are the first people to absolutely love others getting strung up and whipped. Oh, <laughs> I had to walk away from that. <laughs> Cutting oh that. Shit. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Anyway, so today we're going to talk about the Underdark. Now we covered the Forgotten Realms as a general topic before. I'm just moving on. I'm That's not fine. letting yeah, you please. guys do this. Sign the petition. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just so the internet knows, those of you who are starting on this episode, I'm sorry. But I'm Dan. Across the table from me making really horrible jokes is Adam. Don't put that on me. And to my left is Terry. He's the British one. I'm not making jokes. I'm the British one. I'm the British one in, in Vancouver. So that's how I introduced myself. Terry, British one. Yeah, thank you. Um, today we're talking about the Underdark. We covered uh, Forgotten Realms as a whole subject, like as a big survey. The last lore episode we did a few weeks back. Today we're going to dive right in, pun intended, to the Underdark. Um, the Underdark is a massive series of caverns and caves that is located under the ground of the Forgotten Realms. It is uh, dark. And, well, it's in the name. It's dark. but It's also it's, under. It's also under the ground. So, thanks. But there are actually three levels of the Underdark. There's the Upper Dark, the Middle Dark, and the Lower Dark. And all those collectively make the Underdark. Uh, the Upper Dark's like one mile under the surface. And the Middle Dark is up to 18 miles under the surface. And then the uh, Underdark is... The or the dark. Lower Underdark is like anything beyond 18 no, miles. No, 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 no. You were on Old Lore, my friend. Fifth Ed, they've changed that. Uh, they, they've changed it now, but this is where it is. Uh, they've still got a lot of the flavor in. And they don't really call them by those three 
no tar- no targets no anymore? they absolutely do in oh yeah. where's the lower under dark then? uh the well okay so it's it's um up to three miles below because that is still in the, the upper dark standing yeah, yeah 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 no up to up to three miles is, is the upper dark okay and then three to ten is the middle dark and then ten below is everything else oh okay so, so, so it's, it's, it's very down. close but it's now literally anything can be the underdark if it connects deep enough. Yeah. Right. If you go into a cavern, that's you know, it, it goes down. A surface like, level cave doesn't really but connect. If, but if if it's if it's a deep like old cave that's just diving down on the ground or an old dwarven ruin or something like that, chances are you're going to connect to the underdark that way. But if yeah. the world is a disc, when do you come out the bottom? I would say that you don't because it's right in the lore that uh, okay. Dan, Dan's in here like chomping at the bit. Yeah. Can I uh, ask me again? We'll have Dan do it. Yeah. Well, no. This is this is actually going to come up with the question that we're going to have for the first area uh, here. Can I ask you again right now, or no, 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 no. 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 So, I, so, so when we when we actually get through, I just want to do a quick little survey of it. I apparently got some numbers wrong, but that's okay. No, no, no it's fine because I was super confused about it, and I spent the majority of this week being I, like, yeah. "Please give me a definitive answer." Yeah. And I actually found it digging around in yeah. out of the abyss. I was and 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 I, I want to make it known, like, and you you kind of hit it. Uh, briefly, any the Underdark is anything a mile and like lower. Basically, the Underdark is a mile under the surface and lower. It, but if if you're like half a mile under the surface, you're not on the Underdark. You're still in no. The but cave. but that's the thing now is you are. Oh really? Yeah, and that that thing it is surface level and down. If it connects to the Underdark, if it doesn't, you're just in a cave. And it has to do with the radiation that's in there. Oh, geez, yeah. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. You do your history of and all that stuff. <laughs> so the, the Underdark before was just a series of caves that uh, Gygax came up with for his campaigns back in the AD&D days. And he started kind of teasing these in. They were very heavily developed by Ari Salvatore and Ed Greenwood and those guys who brought in what the Forgotten Realms Underdark look like and more of Drow culture and Menzo Berenzan and all these other great places. All these stories about Dritz. The drow come and are featured heavily inside of the Underdark. Um, it's it's caves. It's it's they're dark. They're lit by fungi and uh, lichen, and lichen mosses. and moss, right? And, and some of them can be fairly bright, but uh, and uh, have p- patterns on these massive, uh, almost unthinkably huge. <laughs> that was loud. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me the, the massively. I did. Uh, I'm British. If I fired, I'd burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we call you the British one. Uh, so these massive caverns that are almost incomprehensible with how how big they are. You could have, uh, especially in like the Glimmer Sea, which is a large underground ocean that is in the uh, Underdark. Uh, it's called the Sea of Fallen Stars because the the lichen and stuff reflect off of this massive sea, and it looks like a starscape. Under, uh, stretching out from you beyond vision, right? Like this is like a very the, like these caves are. It's not just beyond your 120 dark vision. No, these these caves they're are massive. They're like, huge, like underground oceans. Yeah, the, and deserts and like and... literal oceans and literal deserts. Like there's a couple there's a couple places um, that are commonly targeted towards. Like you have the buried lands and you have the dark lands and the deep waste and the earth root. And these kind of these are just names for sections of the Underdark that have different tone. I encourage you as DMs or as players to look for finer details on these because we don't have the time to cover them. Oh there's so much. But there's so much. It it is one of the best developed um subsettings in the game. Well it's I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for a sec. It used to be. 
Okay, fifth edition has only touched on it in really two books. I'm really excited about the Underdark after doing a lot of research on it. Like, yeah, I well, the, really want to do a yeah. yeah. People Underdark. love it or they hate it, right? Like, there's there's nothing in between. Well, but into the abyss is featured out of, out out of, of the, the abyss. abyss. Right. You do that every time. Out of the abyss and is then featured heavily into it again, inside of it. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you have to do the whole campaign backwards. So, um, so, so that's one. Um, the Level other one 20 is, killing kobolds. Is, there's a bunch of stuff in Volos about yeah. the races of the Abyss. Yeah. So, or not the Abyss, the, the races of the Underdark. So there's there's really nothing else out there in 5th edition. So everything you're talking about, Dan, is from previous editions. Yeah. But in theory still holds true because the They've Underdark is the... one of the handful of things that didn't move on from third edition through fourth well, edition of fifth edition they the still they still make references of things like the netheries which are a race of uh humans that had massive floating cities that are from thousands of years before ar in this uh um, in the world in in toral which is the forgotten realms is the name for it but like uh you, they still mention these kind of things within the underdark um and and the these old races that have covered in and they ta- cover them in some fifth ed material right like can you do uh tomb, tomb of, of annihilation. annihilation yeah you do tomb of annihilation you're covering subjects of ancient tech being brought forth and they mention the netheries in in that module so like it's it's fairly um easy to just pull that stuff from fourth and third and bring it in and and uh a lot of the stuff you'll read on like fifth ed wikis and stuff will use a lot of past tense like the underdark was this and was this because fifth hasn't set in stone what it is now yeah absolutely so i want to talk to you guys real quick i wanted to ask you what draws you into playing um in the underdark as a player and and Mm -hmm. as a dm and uh, what do you love about the tone of the Underdark? I, want, I kind of want to cover both of these things in this first section. So mm-hmm. go ahead, grab your dice. Hold, hold on, hold on. Before oh. you do that, you, you, I wanted you to ask me the question. I don't remember what the question sure. was. I, the, uh, the question was, oh, if the world is a disc, how oh, deep do you go yeah. before you get out of the bottom? Okay, so the idea, Flat Earth. So the idea is what created the Underdark? Um, and the there are some conflicting answers here, but one of the big answers, uh, one of the most popular answers, is that there was a god that was essentially doomed down here, yeah. and the Underdark is created by him tunneling. And the Underdark is always shifting, all of the time. The pathways between these underground cities change generation to generation. Frequently, yeah. Uh, even like year to year, all of a sudden this tunnel's collapsed and there's a new tunnel over there. Right. And so... Um, the concept is that there's this god that is trying to tunnel his way out and is consistently looking to break free, but can't. He often goes up and often goes down, and he cannot find the uh, border uh, when he goes down, but he does ram up against the border when he goes up. He just can't pass through it because of godlike magic bullshit that he mm-hmm. can't get through. Yeah. Yeah. However, you know, the Durgar and the Drow and the Mind Flayer stuff can burrow up they're not restricted like this so we know where the top level is and sometimes he goes missing for eons because he is burrowing down and no one knows like where he goes but he just pops up again like nope not that way (laughs) right over and over (laughs) because the underdark is as big as the entire world yeah if not bigger because you've got kind of like a 3d landscape that you're in so there's actually like more surface to actually run around in yeah um, so yeah. that's, it, it's not unheard of to run entire campaigns and entire things where you never see the sun because you're just yeah. stuck in the underdark the entire time. Yeah. So anyway, so that that, that was the answer, Terry. Is, I like it. Is you'll never bust to the bottom because a god can't find the bottom. Hmm. 
So I don't know what you do with that. There I feel it like is. I'm going to use that phrasing for some sort of joke one day to insult somebody. <laughs> not even a god can find your bottom. Yeah, I'll never bust through that bottom because not even a god can find it. Internet, help me. You know where we're going with this. <laughs> okay. On that note, let's grab our dice. I actually want to talk about why we, as players and DMs, enjoy the Underdark so much. Let's roll that dice. Oh, damn it. Throw it outside. Here. Get it. Get it. Get it in the box, Harry. Come on. Well, what I, do you get? All that for three? So, I DM goes with the first, yeah. and yeah. Terry goes last. So, Classic. this is just how we usually run. Yeah, I don't know why I play. Okay, so, uh, personally, I love the Underdark because it is... Um, it immediately sets a tone of kind of this uh, dark... Uh, like And, like, tonally dark, oppressive landscape. You are constantly dealing with things like uh, uh, slavery and... Um, aberrant uh, creatures and aberrations and and, um, the difference of cultures uh, like the drow and all those other things bring in like there's kind of this uh, dark gritty tone to the underdark that I absolutely love playing in Um, if I'm going to be doing a campaign where I'm running uh, uh, you're trying to bust a slave ring or you're doing something like that you're hitting the underdark and you just have to Right, because slavery features heavily. We'll talk about it later in this podcast, but slavery features heavily in pretty much any aspect of the Underdark. Yeah, any intelligent creature has been subjugated at some point, except yeah. I think for the Illithids. I think they're well, they're, they're subjugating. They yeah, yeah, they sit at the top, right? Yeah, everybody else has been a slave at some point. Exactly, uh, and you can make the argument that the Illithid the mind players themselves are slaves, are slaves of the Elder Brain, of the elder brain yeah, but yeah. like. Six of one, half six of one, half the other, half a dozen the other. But like even lesser known creatures, like the uh, Fairlim, uh, they're these massive cactus-like creatures that were banished to one area of the Underdark that was sealed off by the god that you mentioned, uh, because they slaved too much. They tried <laughs> to enslave the entire Netherese, uh, um culture, and were getting pretty close to accomplishing it before this god was like nope and sealed them off in this little realm so if you ever ended up in what is called the buried lands or uh fairlim you're in for a bad time because you're dealing with massive worm-like cactus kind of aberrations they're still slaving it's just now they need they're they have to slave over there yeah pretty much yeah too much slaving well well, no it's more like slave over there it's more like uh lock them in a tomb in the middle of the underdark there's enslaving each other and they're and and it's it's this uh not very well covered area of the lore where there are these incredibly powerful aberrant creatures that are stuck in a hole somewhere um underneath am in in uh the country of am in the forgotten realms so uh all of these things like slavery is a massive part of this and and if you want to have the break the chain storyline you go to the underdark um, what I also, are they doing, the slaves, all these slaves? Uh, they're, they're mining, they're yeah. digging, they're sex slaves, they're, uh, they're sold for, they're, they almost are in and of themselves a form of currency. currency. Well, well, okay, all right, here, here's the other factor, is when you're uh, above ground and you want more land, you just fight your neighbor. When you're below ground and you want more land, you gotta dig it out, Yeah. right? Yeah. And then you have to do something with this dirt that you've just excavated, right? right? Where's that going? And are you really going to do all that work yourself? No. 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 So you're going to... You're going to raid the surface creatures, pull down a bunch of surface creatures, get them to dig and uh, wallow away in dingy darkness where they can only see the stone that they're hitting in front of them for the rest of their lives. And then when they die, you're going to go up and get more. Welcome to most of 
your drive for a lot of these ancient races. Now, there's a lot of other things that are involved with Duragar and um, Svirfneblin and Drow and all these other creatures that come in. We're going to cover the creatures later in this episode. But uh, in terms of a tonal feel of it, just this oppressive... There is no sunlight. So think like, what happens to Superman if he doesn't get sunlight? What happens to you in the middle of winter when you're not getting your vitamin D for three weeks? I actually thrive because... Yeah, Adam I, does thrive. Yeah, Adam I, Adam thrives. Adam looks, Normal human beings require some vitamin Adam looks D. stronger in winter. Like, yeah. Adam becomes like the Night King. I, I, I pass in front of a microwave and I get third degree burns, right? Like, yeah. I, my, I sunburn so badly, so quickly. Yeah. I have to wear a turtleneck in 40 degree weather. I get... Real bad. Sorry, four degrees like Celsius. You fucking Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that four hundred twenty thousand degrees, degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. I don't know. You and the other three countries enjoy that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get really bad seasonal depression, but I don't realize it's happening. I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, don't Christmas, December, yay, other holidays, oh. January. This is kind of crappy. February, just fuck you, fuck everyone. <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt happiness in my life. See, it hits February, and I'm like, "Welcome to my life, bitches." <laughs> no, it hits me like a it hits me like a freight train. Like we're having an unseasonably uh, bright spring here in Vancouver. I know that there's going to be a, like a week where we're just going to get rain and it's going to no, be dark it's gonna be and dreary. On it's going to be 27 on Friday. It's going to be 27 on Friday. Celsius, you Americans. You know what we're like, saying? Warm. It, I don't know what, I don't even know what that translates to. You know like what I mean? 80 to 90 around that there. Sounds no, ridi- that it's sounds ridiculous. No, like it's, a hot cup We're talking about the underdark, not how right. all Americans are wrong with the okay. way they measure size and temperature. Okay, the sooner we build the ice wall, the better. <laughs> The North comes. Anyways, uh, so that's that's why I like the Underdark. Um, I like I like all these tones. Uh, Adam, you were next. What do you think? Um, okay, so I, I like the fact that the geography is always changing. I think that's really cool, especially from a DM standpoint, is you can really add a level of, of urgency to just about anything. Hey, head over to this city over here uh, in the Underdark and go over and do this just to turn around and and come back and find that there is no way back. I think that's really neat. I also think it's really neat that they've got this uh, this radiation that, that... Okay, so you've got plant life, and you have a ton of it. Most of it's fungi. Yeah. Right? Or lichen, or algae, and it's, most of it's... Or a lot of it, anyway, is bioluminescent. Um, you can't scavenge for food. You're, you can't live off of mushrooms, so it's hard to, to even survive down here. And these things don't get sunlight, so there's no photosynthesis going on. But they have a different radiation. It's called uh, a phares Hmm. Um, and it's it, it's an uncomfortable word to say. Um, fares risk. There, there's fares a risk. yeah. There's a Z in the middle or a Z. You damned Americans. <laughs> Anyways, why is there Zs in all of these words all the time? <laughs> um, because Drids told us to. It's lazy. Welcome to Elvish. Just drowish. So there are all of these really cool aspects that we never get to play with. I don't think there are enough. Like plant monsters or ooze monsters in D and D. Yeah. Like we get four oozes, and I think yeah. there's an other, there's one more in Mordenkainen's, and it's not how the others operate really. It's, no. It's kind of got an intelligence in and of itself. Um, As even like uh, removed from the Underdark, you don't even have a lot of plant space. Like you have like creeping uh Creep, you have creeping vines creeping vines and like assassin vines and treants and shambling I, mounds i and like that's the it. idea of um intelligent oozes though 
I think that should be like a, like a symbiote type thing, like a whole Venom type thing. I think yeah, uh, I, I, I think really, you can play with that. I really like the idea of having a... You, you guys know the, the trope of the zombies attacking the city. Now have it be oozes. Yeah. That's so much scarier because you have to seal around the doors. It is coming in through cracks in the stonework and stuff. No. Like that's so much more fun and you can't just hit it with a sword. Nope. Mm-hmm. Right? Or you now you got two. Right? So so there's so many <laughs> got much... two crap swords. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's so many cool things that are in the underdark that we don't really get to play with that often. Um when we're just up running forest campaigns. Well, and even, so I want I want things like like you can go ahead and eat the lichen if you want. God knows what it's going to do to you. Yeah. Right? You are out here breathing in some of this uh, this uh, fares risk. I I'll never get comfortable saying it. Um it's represented sometimes by not just being a radiation but it's a mist as well. Mm. And, oh jeez. And the idea that you're breathing this in over and over again what does it do to you? I, I like the idea of humans going down here and if you spend like a year suddenly you start to get 5 feet of dark vision and mm. then you get like sunlight sensitivity and you and it slowly warps you. Now, I don't think it should always be like that, right? Not every underdark campaign. Yeah. Necessarily. But this gives me the opportunity to do stuff like that, especially because there are all of these, like, I know it's underground, but it borders other realms and all of the wrong realms. Yeah. It borders the abyss. It borders the far realm, right? It borders the elemental chaos, which I don't think exists in 5th in edition the way that it did in 4th edition. Um, no, I don't think so either. Uh, but it, it does border the um, the elemental planes in, in different ways. You're going to get some cool stuff down here that you're never going to play with, like uh, mud methods. Mm-hmm. And you can reskin a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm tired of us going up against kobolds and bollywugs. Let's get some myconids. Yeah, yeah I, I was hoping myconids would come up because, like, there's the whole... Um, you could do an entire anti-myconid or myconid-infused campaign mm-hmm. with just how rich those creatures are and, and they're horribly underused in D&D campaigns by my experience. One, one of the things that I always wanted to do with Mike and it's, is have them overrun a bunch of beloved NPCs and, and you force the players to retreat. You just see the overwhelming forces of these Mike and coming in the players retreat. They go back, they catch their breath, they get their long rest and they come back and they find the corpses of their friends still in the same spot. Now they're half decayed and there's mushrooms growing out of their orifices. Yes. Right? Yeah, like that's exactly, and it's, and if they sit there, they're the like, The grin oh. on your face when you say, yes, hurt them. It's hurt a little them. disconcerting. Attack their heart. Uh, I, like, I just, I love the idea of what do you do? Do you burn the bodies? And if you do, now all the little mushrooms themselves are, are shriekers, right? And they're mm-hmm. calling the myconids back. Or you let them go and they, they evolve into more myconids. Well, and, 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 get out and the like, other thing I like about the myconids is uh, because they're mushroom people, like they're very yeah. spore based as well. And there are some terrifying spores in reality, uh, like those things that make ants zombies. I forget what the name yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. Do that with your NPCs. Like you walk through a cloud and cough, and then a week later you're well, it makes... under the control of some myconid hive. Yeah, mind. I like that. A week later, like yeah. it's like a slow. Like, like there's there's a discoloring yeah. on your face, and that sprouts or, a spore that even, stretches out. Or more. like the next day, they just say something almost kind of sadistic, but then just move on. And yeah, it's like, uh, what was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I had the weirdest trip. I haven't dreamed in three days. <laughs> And then they just keep going. Just keep going. What the fuck was that? But but like, there's so many cool monsters and ideas and things that are down there that we don't get to extrapolate on. We I've run so many campaigns with orcs. I like orcs. We just did an episode on orcs. 
but I'm done with orcs. I want to do something new. And the Underdark gives us the ability to do that, yeah. where you can go into evil cities. They can be lawful evil, but they're there. You can accidentally, just purely incidentally, come across a Mind Flayer colony. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell? Like, <laughs> what do you do with that? Yeah. If that's on your random encounter table, you're done fucked up. Yeah. Right? Like, this, this is a whole new campaign now, up. right? It's We're going to pause out of the abyss, yeah. and you guys are going to fight some elliptids exactly. for a while. Elf, right? with your passive perception, you notice. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you do? So there's a lot of opportunity for there to be slime, which we don't get enough of. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity for you to... Just bring demonic aspects of things into the world because the abyss is so close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of aberrations. There's a lot of beholders Tons, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There uh, is gates to the Shadowfell. In yeah, the dark as well. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, there's undead, but not your regular undead. You're gonna get your Soros Sworn, right? And your hook horrors as well, which are they're aberrations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of there being star spawn in the yeah. in the abyss or in the underdark, um, and like there's. You don't get that when you're romping across the plains. Right. Or when you're fighting dragons. Right? And I, th- I think one of the big ones that you could also bring in this, like, you could stumble upon a Mind Flayer uh, colony or a massive drow encampment or a massive uh, um, Duragar citadel. But you could also just be walking along, find an underground lake, lake and oh yeah, there's an aboleth in it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now you're using aboleths, which are terrifying in and of themselves, right? Oh, so y- hey, you know what? You're a level fifteen party. You're walking along, random encounter. Someone rolled a one for the random encounter. Everyone's yes. in trouble now. And now we have like Grick alphas, and we've got purple worms. We've got like bullets should be everywhere in everywhere. the upper yeah. dark, right? Yeah. Like just like I view bullets as like the fingers of that god that's trying to dig out. Like, I, I, just I think sending of them over. As uh, yeah. that, right? And you got your your formians, which are your ant people. And yeah. there's so much good stuff for being underground. I love the idea because um, you just mentioned it a couple of minutes ago, Dan, of, of, of playing with with madness. Yeah, I don't understand what um, you know why why this is uh, not used enough in D and D. Imagine being underground in the underdark. Imagine you're human. You are human, yep. Dan. Uh, imagine you're human. And uh, you're underdark. Vaguely. It's pitch black. You can't see anything. You're traveling for days in essentially a pitch dark uh, hex crawl. Yep. And But the, the tunnels keep changing. And you don't know where you are. How long does that go on for? While you're being attacked by different things without chance to rest, coming in from all angles before you start to feel madness kicking yeah. in, or before well, you can you pull heavily from things like pulling like sanity elder checks. Yeah. Well, you said like sanity the, checks. The far realms are close to this as well, so you you could pull in your elder gods of madness, mm-hmm. and you could play a very Call of Cthulhu horror mind fuck kind of game. There it is. I, I dropped my you one. You dropped an F-bomb, I dropped man. my one. And you haven't oh. coughed yet. You no, can't... I haven't coughed yet oh either. I've, I've, I've pushed it down like twice. So don't don't okay. forget. Push it down every time. <laughs> yeah. And don't swear, by the way. This is a family show, okay? We, we don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. I'm glad somebody said something. <laughs> but anyways, like you can play with these kind of like Call of Cthulhu horror, very tense and tension-filled sessions. In the Underdark. It's it's naturally aligned towards that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. There, sh- there needs to be slime. There needs to be fungus. There needs to be mold. It needs to be dark. Uh, everybody should have some ability to camouflage. There needs to be tentacles. There just does. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, the Underdark... Not like that, Dan. Calm down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and the Underdark 
it just gives you more All my favorite options. cartoons have tentacles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and mold. Is, is, <laughs> is this a Pokemon reference? <laughs> no, but I started playing Pokemon Go again. No, I don't fucking know. You need a Pokemon stop. Yeah. So the the thing uh, so, so there's my answer. The the Underdark gives you a different side to D D. Um I got a quick question for you though. Yeah. Because I don't know this, and you've got a whole lot more experience dealing with this. I seem to recall hearing that the Underdark was originally under Greyhawk. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it actually is in multiple, like there are versions of it for every campaign. Well, uh, in, in Eberron it's called Kyburn or something like that. Kyburn or... Yeah, yeah, like, and it's very poisoned uh, underground jungles with there's, scorpions. There's and a version like. of it for the Taldore yeah, um, yeah. Mm. campaign setting, even though that's radically different. So I think there's one for uh, is there one for the Dragonlance setting? Uh, I don't think there is. I think Dragonlance off the top is... of my head. Well, Dragonlance I feel like is so close to Greyhawk. Like no, Dragonlance is all when, is when, all nights when, on horses. When Margaret when Margaret Weiss was writing it, man, like it, it's it it was right at that chase of Greyhawk and, and that that era of D anD D that focused heavily on it. So they're very close in line. So I, if Greyhawk has it, I I could see one of the yeah, see, Dragonlance see, books having. I see Greyhawk is being dystopian, and and Dragonlance no, being nearly not at all. utopian. Not at all. They're they're very similar. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, all right. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, the Underdark is in everything. Like, it's got this sense of mystery to it. Like uh, even within uh, Tomb of Annihilation, there's a way to get to the Underdark. Uh, with is there something in Curse of Strahd to get to the no, Underdark? No, no, no. The thing in Curse of Strahd is you can't get out. Can't right. get yeah, out. yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, can't get out because of mist. <laughs> it could be this this fair's rest. <laughs> It could be. Well, well, I mean, spoilers for Curse of Strahd. You're in the Shadowfell, right? Yeah, well, I'm not sure it's a spoiler. That's like day one. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, I think it's like a little pocket demi plane. A pocket demi plane. Okay. Or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the Shadowfell, which is surrounded by mist. So it's like a certain part of it. Yeah. You can't. Escape. Sorry, those of you who are trying to seduce Strahd right now. Ah, it's fucking page everything. one. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, that's me, Terry. What do you got? I was just well, I touched on the madness thing that I'd like to include, but I would also use this for a big old hex crawl where it involves madness in that you're trying to get somewhere and so you can roll your random encounter for the day of which direction you're going using the rangers um you know survival checks and, and navigation um, but tempting them or trying to tempt them off course yeah or i think sometimes players get given the direction too often like for whatever reason the dc is higher but if you get a 16 or, oh, no, let's go with that one, that 13, where you're yeah. always never quite sure. But <laughs> you hold a 13. I'm telling you, you're pretty sure you're supposed to be going in this direction. You're pretty sure. Yeah. Is it that direction? You're pretty sure it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I like the idea of truly getting lost in the Underdark. Not realizing till two days later that two days back you actually went into the wrong hex and you have to go back again, but now it's changed. That, that sounds like... We're, we're going to have to talk about that because that sounds like a massive headache on pe- on the paper. I, I think it depends It depends on how you roll it out as the DM. Yeah. You know, when when these essential essentially forks in the roads are coming, how you roll it out, but also trying to tempt them off into a different direction. So, you, you know, maybe they get 19 or 20. You know you need to go left, south, um, you know, it's a very narrow kind of knife-shaped corridor. It's dark, it's gloomy, it doesn't look very inviting. The other way is a big open cavern filled with multicolored crystals. They're all sparkly and there's definitely a magical aura coming from them. But you know you need to go the other way. 
Because how many... You know what? The right players? I'm the yeah. worst one. You're going to bite. You're going <laughs> to go the wrong here's way. Here's the bad option that you totally need to go You're to. You're supposed to go But here's way. an area with a bunch of potential magic items. Yeah. Uh, and also certain death. But, but magic items. Yeah. So your range is telling you this is the direction you got to go. But you want to go this way. Yeah, like, I think yeah. tempting them with those different things. Or you definitely need to go this way. But there are a big circle, very clean cut tunnels. There's clearly a purple worm in that direction. This other way, though, is the opposite direction and looks much safer. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I, yeah, and, and the looks much safer is where your piercers and your dark mantles and your ropers and, like, yeah. it looks very safe. Ropers, exactly. Yeah. There's just a load of stalagmites everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so, sorry, I got to pause you guys because it's been driving me up the wall. I had to look it up. The god that got trapped in the Underdark mm. is Torog, the god of jailers, imprisonment, and torture. Mm. Oh, so, so a nice guy that it, it kind of it kind of thematically fits i would assume that he is slowly corrupting anybody in the underdark yeah except for flumps why are flumps in the underdark i don't know why that's a, uh because yeah. you need you need balance in all things and when you have floating tentacles of evil everywhere why not have one lawful good floating tentacle of good because it's a flump i'm not sure i know what a flump a flump Flump. flump. You're saying it wrong. Think, 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 think of the flying spaghetti monster. Just like super good and kind and happy and it, helpful. It, it's it's a cartoon. It's it's like it's like a Saturday morning version of a floating jellyfish that it. just wants to give you hugs nope. and make sure you're okay. Yeah, I don't like yeah. It. It, it, it's it's super helpful. I had a campaign that had one in it and. Oh. Like my players across the table were like, so do we do we stab this thing? And I was like, no. It's it literally is so good and helpful that. Your characters feel at ease just being around it. Okay, so we shoot it with crossbows from afar then. It's like, yeah. well, okay, guys, you people are horrible. So anyways, we're moving on. So um, anything else we want to cover about the, the location and the ecology of the Underdark before we move on? We're going to do a commercial and then talk about some creatures. I mean, there's so much to talk about with the Underdark. So there's, much. There's so many yeah. different areas of the Underdark as well Yeah, that we could really do a deep dive. Maybe we should... Do episodes based on some of these areas themselves? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah for sure. Agreed. Okay, so for David, now... David, write that down. <laughs> Fucking David. Laziest guy on the planet, I swear. Anyways, um, we are going to move on to creatures. We're going to talk about our different tiers and what kind of what creatures to throw at us. But before we do that, I want to hit a commercial real quick. So run the commercial. How cool would it be to hear your company name on this podcast? Pretty stinking cool. It's Mimic is ready to take our show to the next level. We want to partner with other awesome businesses to share your brand with our listeners. Please email us at info at itsamimic.com for advertising information. And we're back. Um, we have covered the location and the ecology and the geography and, uh, whatnot of the Underdark. It is a fairly expansive place to be in. So we're not going to cover everything all that well, but one of the big shining features of the Underdark is the creatures, the, the things within it. That well, that's what that we've flavor. been talking about for the it, last most, 10 minutes. Most right? of what we're talking yeah. about yeah. the creatures, right? So, uh, gents, um, I don't quite know how to do this with rolling the dice, so I, I want to talk about real quick, tier one. What kind of creatures are you throwing in? Oh, let's let's roll dice. Let's let's roll it. That's oh, it. All right, we spilled a beer. Goddamn, we spilled a crap. We spilled a crap. crappy craft beer. 
I went from 10 to 17 to 15 because you guys keep hitting my die. And I'm going first. Yeah. So, Adam, tier one. Uh, I am going Shocker at last. Oh, man, everything is right in the world. So, um, my, my tier one monsters in here. What what levels are tier one? Just to clarify real quick. Okay, so tier one is, is level one to five. Some people say one to four because you get your um, first uh, feat or ability score improvement at four. But I like to split them up equally in, into mm-hmm. quarters. You yep. know, So, uh, one to five. Uh, is the first quarter of the possible leveling in 5th edition. Hmm. Um, so that's tier 1. The stuff that I'm putting down here for for level 1, or for tier 1, it should all be scary. You need to be running. Pretty much always. I would be putting things in here like like Myconids, but you're low level. You're not going to run into your, your Sovereign. Yeah. Um, you're going to see you kind of your... Level two, three, four. You're going to run into Duragar and watch him go invisible, and that's going to freak you out a little bit. Yeah. You're going to be heading to um, Svirf Neblin, the the uh, dark gnomes. You're going to be heading into their their regions, their encampments, and trying to do trade with them. Yep. And it's not going to go as well as you would like it to, but that's your best option down here. Yeah. Um, you should be establishing early with these monsters uh, more of a um, resource management than an actual attack. Everything in the Underdark is designed to kill you outright. So when you have 17 hit points... Except flumps. Except flumps. When you have 17 hit points, you're going to die with from 99% of the stuff that hits oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? So as much as there are encounters, I'd be really relying a whole lot in the first tier on skill challenges and exhaustion and attacking the character sheet. Right? You... Uh, you wake up and some of your stuff is gone and there's a brand new tunnel. What do you do with that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you go hunting things through the underdark where you don't know what took it? You do have things like formians and, and ankegs and, and these bug creatures. Yeah. So you're pretty much, I'm assuming, in the upper dark at this point. So I'm thinking maybe you have dwarves. Maybe you have dwarves to back you up. But that should be going away pretty quickly too. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking at. Uh, for me, what I'm doing is I'm I'm really embracing the idea that the Underdark is a place for slavery and whatnot. So you're going to be running into mining colonies. You're going to be running into these kind of surface level um, uh, groups of tortured individuals that you're tasked to save, but you have to take down their slave masters first, right? And I'm doing that in tier one and tier two both, but... Tier one, you could really kind of take out these small colonies. Maybe you come across a, a raiding party, like a small scouting party of drow. So you, you know, they cast darkness in an area and you start freaking out, like just like Durgar oh, would man. cast invisibility. Drow in the Underdark, though, is so much scarier than tier one. I think that I could, I could, I could totally TPK a party with two drow. Yeah, you like could, stock. I mean, drow. by the yeah. stat block, I think if I remember correctly, a, a drow like they're low. They have like seventeen hit points or something. It's not. It's not much, but they blend in. Like their stealth is going to be through the roof. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be crazy spider based bullshit. They've got the darkness on their side that they can see in and you can't, yeah. and you have twelve hit points. Yeah, right. You are dead in one hit. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring a drow on board and I'm gonna have like a drow lieutenant with the three others, then he's got one level of rogue. I'm sorry, I just murdered two of the party in yeah. this round. Right? You're, yeah. you're lucky if you get a round in when they hide, you know, yeah. and they stealth and they know you're coming. Yeah, but if you're if you're in the level attack. three, level four range of tier one, 
it's a little bit more doable. So like what I would do to start off is like you're getting attacked by these waves of emaciated goblins, of these emaciated humans that are attacking the surface to kind of test defenses and you're making your way back. And by the time you're in the end of tier one, beginning of tier two, you're starting to hit the slave masters. You're starting to hit these scouting parties. Okay. And, and yeah, it's a little bit more intense down there. But if you if you are doing a deep dive into the Underdark, you have to start small to entice your players in. If you go too hard, too fast, they'll turn around and they'll walk the other way and now you're in the jungle. Okay, so that raises my question. And before we move on, sorry, Terry, we've got more tiers to do. Right, but I gotta ask, you're like, you're running into Slave Masters. What Slave Masters are there at level four? Slave Masters, to me, are mind flayers. Slave Masters are oh, I'm thinking like, drow priestesses and drow yeah, I'm, I'm matrons. Thinking like, I'm thinking like a level three drow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the, a level, a level the, four the, Durgar, the, whoever's in charge of the caravan, which is transporting the slaves. Yeah, or something. a, a, oh, okay. a level, a level, uh, a level five Zverf Neblin who overcompensates with a large hat. Okay. Like something like you're, that. You're, you're talking the guy that holds the whip, not the guy that runs. Yes, the, I'm talking about the guys the that organization hold the whip. Yeah. or the colony. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were really pitching. The, no, I'm, I'm like he's no, the guy holding like the other end of the leash. Yeah, yeah. No. He's the guy holding the other end of the leash, right? And that's where you're pushing into tier one. You're also hitting like your surface area of uh, Mycenae colonies. Maybe you're starting to see some l- lower demons. Maybe if you're not yeah, great, you could run into team. you could run into a shit ton of mains. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'd go. Terry? I think I, I I agree with with both of those things. I think I, for newer players anyway, would like to introduce them to the possibility of what's out there. So I like the idea because of the networks in the caves. Maybe they come across a very high opening in a cave, and it just for whatever reason they get a peek at a city. They look down. Imagine like coming out of a cave and looking down on like Zion or something like that. Yeah. But like fantasy sort of. Everyone's like, dancing yeah. and, and a so massive, you sweaty orgy. see the slaves, you see some of the different races, things that spark your interest and that you're curious about, but also would suggest the the might and the force of these creatures as well. Um, but also other ways that they could explore the underdark. So they 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 will see people doing business. They'll see social interactions they'll see more exploration options um instead of just being like shit we have to hide or fight everything in a tunnel well you could also do things like you come across a bullet corpse and it's clearly been taken down by very small incredibly precise marks and you don't know what's killed it you know it's a bullet um what do you do with that information as a low-level party well clearly and you could the wounds are an hour old well crap there's a drow or a zverf neblin or a Mm -hmm. uh or a even like weird spider creature things. We haven't really covered the fact that there are spiders everywhere in the oh, underdark. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like in, incredibly prolific within the underdark. Like if you're struggling on an encounter, throw some spiders at them. Right? It'll make sense. Um, but like. But and, and we're talking like black widow spiders. We're not talking hairy tarantulas. We're talking like hard shitness. Like uh, black yeah, and yeah. and and kind of wet looking yeah, and, and they gleam menacing in the, in the and like like I'm talking like Shelob. yeah yeah right like menacing spiders and even vaguely intelligent ones that talk to you. Uh, what are you doing as a level two town guard walking into the underdark and then a spider goes mm, lunch? You're fucking running is what you're doing. That would be I actually. I would love that for like social encounters though. Mm-hmm. That that actually is a part of the well, I like the Hobbit movies, but I love the spiders, um, where you could hear them speaking. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Just flipped everything. Yeah. I love yeah. that. 
Um, so tier two. Tier, tier two? Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that I would start exploring in tier two is the idea of um, you've hit the tunnels and now you're in the, the middle dark, right? We need to make it so that it's, it's very, very difficult for you to get back. I would be introducing the gigantic, monstrous, almost cosmic horror level um, issues that are down here. Yeah. This is where I want to see the uh, giant sea. And the only boat that will that can get across, the only ship, is a hollowed out, upside down shell of a dragon turtle. <laughs> and so there's like you and six crewmen on this. And as you're going across the sea, you're being ignored by the kraken underneath you that is obviously four times like... You know what, what gargantuan is? Times four. Yeah. This thing is so big that this is a piece of the scenery. It's not a like you can't interact with it. it yeah, does, you it just manage to catch it on a good day where it doesn't want to eat everything that moves. Yeah, you you peer over the side of this, and an eye bigger than the ship itself opens directly underneath you and stares into your soul. Right, this is the underdark. Right from there, like you you get across, and the shell turns around and goes back, and now you're here. There's no going back. You can't just get a boat, yeah. right? You are trapped here. And now you're just going to start to get into the weird aberration level things. We're getting away from the beasts and the monstrosities and the low-level intelligent creatures. And I want to hit all of the aberrations and the uh, everything from the far realms. The low-level stuff need to start... Um, start coming their way in. But while you're doing this, are you covering like the more common race like the the no. underdark version of the common races around tier two that's when i'd be starting to introduce them myself no this is where i would have the obvious void of them so there are the races up in the upper tier and there are the races or the the upper dark and there's the uh races in the lower dark and the middle dark there's a weird absence there's a vacuum this yeah. is where you're going to run into your more bizarre demons while well, you're going to run into your low level beholder types your spectators and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, you should be getting into a lot of the really weird, crazy stuff that keeps the mind flayers down where they are. Because when I'm getting into tier three, when I'm ending tier two, now you're getting into um, uh, you. You see a uh, an elf who has lost his mind. He's escaped. He's obviously a slave. He's wearing like the most basic torn loincloth. He is starving to death. His eyes have been gouged out. He looks at you and says. All hail Loth. And then dies. Which is out of character for an elf. What has happened to this? Mm -hmm. This is how I'm drawing you into yeah. to Tier 3. And the really scary shit that's coming next. Yeah. So that, that's me for Tier 2. Yeah, for me, I, I, I would I would focus more on these creatures now. Like, Tier 2 is level 5 to 10. Like, a lot of campaigns are going to really be hitting their main stride during these levels. So these are the... These are the uh, these are the sessions where I'm throwing them into, you're going to walk into a drow city for the first time around this level. Uh, you're going to walk into a Durgar uh, conclave at around this level for me. Um, I, I, I find like the deeper you go, the weirder it gets. It's very much like the far realms where the further out you go, the weirder it gets. And I kind of do the same with the Underdark where like the further down you go, that's when threats are getting more and more um, dire, right? So... You can walk in as a human town's guard at level eight. You could walk into a drow, um, like a drow city, 
maybe do some limited interaction. You're not a slave. You haven't been enslaved yet. yet. But, like, that is part of the overarching uh, threat that you put on top of your party where, like, this is a realm of slavers. This is a realm where they just want to control you and you are powerful enough where they know you will be able to swing that at, that pickaxe for far longer than your average Joe. So you are under heavy watch and they're looking for you to turn your back for an instant and then they're, you're theirs, right? So like I'm starting to put that kind of aspect in. I may be even hitting them with the more monstrous, less intelligent kind of creatures that are under there. You're hitting your bullets. You're hitting your um, uh, 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 formians. Got to make sure I'm not saying Fremorians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with big, ugly, fake creature, giants, ant things. Close. Name, different, entirely in tone. None of that was a sentence. You just had a stroke. Ah, uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, so I would be throwing in all these things. I'd be throwing in ant kegs a little bit. Uh, you would probably have your first interaction with like an Abolith or even you'd see a Mind Flayer who would look at you and be like, yeah, you're not developed enough yet and leave during the later ends of these levels like just enough to kind of tease you and be like you're powerful yeah sure you're level eight look at you you got your second asi but no mm-hmm. oh you and i would you and i run under dark uh, oh yeah yeah creatures very differently yes yes and I, I would play into the horror aspect of, of things as well if it necessitated that but i would definitely try to establish that there is an entire underground world and culture that is established here People are born, grow up, and die before they ever see the sun, right? This will be your middle tier. This is Canada. Again, you're just talking about Canada, right? <laughs> this is just what we live. The further up north you get. Yeah, right? What about you, Terry? What are you doing um, for tier two? I, I, yeah, again, that is so boring. I like both of those ideas. Um, I like. I see what you're saying, Dan, with, with going into the cities, and I think I would do it... Um, you know when you, you start to have your town time and then you kind of go off on your little side quest because you want to make some money or whatever? I think that same thing would happen, but these little side missions these or how the players survive and getting their gold is going to be very difficult tasks or very uncomfortable things for them to do. Linked to slavery. Maybe you got to sell your soul a little bit here. Maybe you have to go and kill someone that yeah. you don't necessarily want to kill. Mother, children, whatever, or bring them into slavery or do some unsavory things because you need to survive, but you really need to feel uh, the the darkness of the underdark. Yeah. Cool. I also yeah, cool. like the idea of... of like, I can't remember which one of you said it, about touching on and seeing mind flares for the first time. I kind of imagine it as being in the city, being surrounded, and almost like those scenes like where Darth Vader shows up and visits the ships. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Then the mind flare and all of the drow are receiving the mind flare and just really trying not to piss it off. Yeah. You know, so you feel its power and its presence as it takes its tour and uh, inspects whatever it's there to inspect, and your job is to shut up and not die, but very much take in uh, the, the power. I also like the idea of using the uh, the underground oceans now that you're committing to that middle layer of, uh, of being able to do some more ocean based things with creatures and races that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do it with you there's going to be slaver ships crossing the oceans there's going to be things deep down it's almost like our own oceans in the world the deeper you get the weirder it is down there yeah i think we should touch on that in yeah. the underdark that's the best place to do it yeah exactly yeah. adam tier three okay so tier three so for me i think you guys are way off the mark on your intelligent creatures and the people <laughs> that are enslaving the others right your slavers are xenophobic there are no mind flayers visiting the drow city. There are no uh, slave cities that will welcome in human traders. No, no, no. You are pink flesh from above. <laughs> you work in the mine. 
Period. The end. Yeah. The, you should be having to sneak through this city or find a way around it, and there are only three tunnels. Right? This, to me, is the Underdark. Because when you get captured, you end up in the middle of the drow city. You don't run into seven or eight random drow. You run into the drow matron. These people are gods down here. These are your level 23 drow. These are your... This is your tier three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're teasing them in front of everyone else. You're not battling them. You're not toppling the governments yet. But the bard is like, oh, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to seduce a drow woman. This is going to be hilarious. Do you know what happens when you seduce a drow woman? No. Do you know what happens when... Okay, first of all, men... It is so, such a matriarchy that men are not even considered like uh, civilians. They are property. If there are two drow women that like the same man, they will battle over him and he's got to do everything in his power to please both of them. If he then... Um, falls out of favor with one of them, they resolve it by lopping his head off and delivering the head to the other um, woman and saying, all right, so this game is done. Let's find another. Hmm. There's no room for adventurers in this society. Like, there's no room for traders or markets. There will be markets between drow, right? They That's why they're raiding the surface to get more supplies. They're not saying, oh, you know what, we're looking for, we're looking for salt. No, they're raiding for salt, oh, okay. right? They're, they're sending out their, their people to do it. Maybe Durgar, maybe uh, uh, the, the Dark Gnomes, right? These guys are, are going to have your little trade cities, but that's tier one, yeah. right? By the time that you are dealing with these guys, this is just should be tier three where you are under the constant threat. You should be enslaved at some point during your story. Yeah, and you need oh, to break through, and, and, and that is, that's a tier three. Like, yeah, and I, so, I'd say you're enslaved at tier three, maybe the end of tier two. Right, and that's where I'm coming from. Is is we've gone through the random adventures of bullets and purple worms, right? In tier two, if you're if you're throwing purple worms at a party, at tier I'm two, I'm absolutely going to throw a purple worm at a party, and it's going to be a skill challenge to get away from it. I, right, you're not why fighting. Are, why are all purple worms automatically adults as well? Yeah, like, I like, think it's fair enough. Yeah, I have younger purple worms. Um, yeah, I think you should be running into eggs and nests and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah, the threat but, should be there. But tier one, tier two. By the time you're tier three, these guys need to be smarter than you, and they need to know what you're doing. They've got, like you said, they've got an established society down here, and they are coming for you with their forces. Yeah. Um, now we know that the tunnels and the geography and everything changes on a fairly regular basis, so. That's kind of even the playing field a little bit. There's no real home advantage for the most part. Yeah. But there's still some, right? And they're still going to come at you. You you still have your Durgar that can go invisible. Your Drow that can cast darkness. Your Mind Flayers that just know you're there. Period. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, And this is where I would start to really deal with the, um, the far realms, the far planes. Yeah. The, really, the really bringing more of those uh, yeah, and, elder cores kind of things. But you're bringing in the intelligent, the big ones, right? And you're parading them around in front of, of your party to say, hey, look, you are out of your depth, pardon the pun. You are out of your depth here. You are screwed if you don't actually take this seriously. Funny enough, I would say that our tier three aligns a lot personally for me i would definitely throw in the early tier three you're getting enslaved and you are now a minion of some sort of drow enclave of some sort of drow uh, matron you are now the minion of maybe 
uh, a mind flare of a sort who's like, I'm not going to eat your brain just yet, but these pesky drow have been causing shit over here, so go over there and start uh, dealing with them and start raiding them. And if you die, you die. Whatever. I'll find another brain to eat. Right? Like, it's it's that oh, kind of level see, stuff. I, I, but that's, that's my early tier three. Later tier three, like, we're talking level 14, 15. You are now on the top end, really, of your of what you're going to get for power. Um, you're just going to get more uses of things at oh, this point, right? I'm sorry, we skipped over something that's super important. You cannot scry or teleport in the Underdark. Period. You can't get out. There's no planar shifting. There's nothing. You are here. Yeah. That is built right in, and we just, we glossed. Well, that, yeah, that, well, I mean, you got to consider, if there's a god that cannot get out, it's got to be because there's something locking it there, and it is, there's this realm of planar locking. But but that's why that's why everything is psychic, because they can't scry down here, so instead, they sense you. Yeah. And it's all tremor sense, if it's a beast, or psychic, if it's... Yeah. If it's so, I, 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 at tier three, I would be throwing in mind flares. I'd be throwing in... Like, the later end of Tier 3, I'd be throwing in more heavily. Uh, I'd be throwing in Mind Flayers. Maybe you are... Um, you. This is when you would be fighting maybe your first legit uh, Shadow Dragon. Um, which aren't necessarily a thing in 5th edition, but make it up. It'll be fine. Um, shadow Dragons. Yeah, Shadow Dragons exist in 5th ed. The, the... Where's the rule set for them? No, they they touch on them briefly in the Monster Man. I think they have like stat block for like a blue Shadow Dragon. No, no, that's a Dracolich. No, there's definitely Shadow Dragon in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Still, like I'd be throwing a Shadow Dragon. That you put on. Yeah, I'd be throwing a Shadow Dragon in. I would be, uh, I I love Aboliths. I really, really do. So I would be, uh, and with our campaign, I keep on wanting to say Abolums. But, eh, but, uh, I would be throwing Apple in ablets and 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 the boots with the fur. No, so <laughs> damn it, dad. <laughs> so that's what I would be doing. Boots with fur. Terry, your turn. Oh, your where three. do I go from there? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. You can collect your thoughts for a second because there's one more thing that I got to argue with Dan about oh, no. on this. Just because. Okay, so you said that you wanted to introduce the stuff in tier two and then get enslaved early tier three. All right, let, let me paint you a word picture, Dan. I think that that you don't see the cities in tier two. You see the uh, the scouts. This you don't see those in tier one. You you do for the for the upper dark, but for the middle dark and and the lower dark, you don't see them until tier like the end of tier two, where you see the drow that are out there doing something. You fight your first drider at at, at the end of tier two, and I know that they're lower level than that. Yeah, but you're in the underdark. They've got every advantage, and they're not alone. So you're, you see Driders for the first time, and you're starting to get into the Drow stuff in Tier 3. You don't see a city. You see caravans. You see little villages. You see evidence of in Tier 2. Tier 3, because I'm slow rolling the horror, because you said, oh, if it necessitates horror, you're in the Underdark, Dan. It necessitates horror. That is a <laughs> part of this. So that's that's my argument for yeah, that. Yeah, no, and, and that, 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 that's completely fair. Um, I, I like to really embrace... Uh, um, there's got to be some period of rest somehow within a campaign. If you are just go, 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 go the entire time and you have this weight over you the entire time, your players themselves are going to get burdened they're gonna get dreary with it there has to be some success some some rest some some reward to it and if you run the underdark with like this massive uh sense of uh foreboding at all times 
your party's never getting that rest. So one of the reasons why I like doing things like establishing the cities and maybe not necessarily enslaving the party right away, making them watched but not necessarily enslaved yet, is to give them that opportunity to rest, that opportunity to get a foothold. Yeah, but I would say that they, they don't... You never do that with a drow society. You never do that with an illithid society. That should never happen with either of those races. They are so xenophobic. They have no tolerance for you. Even if you are similar to them, they don't want anything to do with you unless you are a pure blood, right? And that that's all that there is to it. Like, hard stop. The end. I'm with you with Duragar. Yeah. I'm with you with the... Zverf Nevlin. Yep. I'm with you with... Even, like, maybe there's a good Mykonid colony, right? Like, and you get a weird other kind of, of civilization city. Yeah. But when it comes to Drown... You're players, also, in your middle in your middle dark and that level, you're still hitting, like, gold dwarves. And, and like, there are still legit dwarves this low down. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm with you. And there should be some of that. I'm saying that when you hit slavery, the subjugation of a people, the oppression... Of a people, then it needs to be oppressive. Yeah, and you don't stay there all the way through to the end. You hit your cosmic horror at the end. Yeah. That's where I'm leading. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Fair enough. So, um, so it, you're really peaking that at about uh, level sixteen. Yep. Right, which is early tier four. So I'm sitting here going, no man, you don't have your mind player walk into a city and be like, so I'm I'm here for the banquet. Right, that's that, that's that's the wrong campaign. You're I, I don't know. I, I I like that though. Like I like how there is a political sense of in, I like political intrigue in my in my campaigns. And if there's just if you are a drow woman, you will succeed in the drow colony, and that is it, bar none. I understand that that's the way the lore is kind of leaning towards and how it's run, but. There are still extremely powerful men in Drow society. There are still extremely powerful other races within Drow society and and that are established within the lore. So I would definitely be playing with that and playing with the politics a, bit, a little bit. We're two different DMs. We're, we're going to run it different, but this is what I would do. I would throw in this a little bit more. And yeah, there's no reason why a like a entourage of mind flayers aren't allowed within the Drow city walls. They're watched and guarded and kept at bay with powerful drow magics, sure, in terms of the psychic things. But there's no reason why they wouldn't be in there to maybe conduct a massive deal about, we'll give you all of these tr slaves, you give us all these ones, or or something along those lines, right? Like, this, this is what I would play at. So you said in one of the Meet the DM episodes that there's a correct monster for each kind of scenario, and what you're talking about is not illithids. So I, 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 I am so 100% about my mind flayers. I want my, my neolithids to be a major factor. I want my, um, my uh, ultralithids to be a major factor. I want to see the entire life cycle of an elder brain. That stuff is cool and crazy. I'm all over the mind cool, flayers. Yeah. However, the mind flayers, they're not trading. I, I, I can't get, get, get this uh, like through enough. These, they're like aboleths. You're not negotiating with them. They are the best in their mind. You are never going to change their mind and they're going to prove it to you. And they're going to be right. It is going to be a one in a million shot that you are able to wipe out a mind flayer colony. And your, your players should never do it. As far as the lore goes, they should never do it. So when they do it at level 20... It is a huge capstone moment for the entire campaign, but that is lessened if they were sitting there 
like dealing cards at the pub at level eight, right? Like, well, I'm not saying they're like dealing cards at the pub. Like uh, when you're bringing in illithids at level uh, eight, it is you're seeing them on afar. They are still a massive threat. When you're dealing with them from level ten to fifteen. Um, you're seeing the group of them and they are turning and looking at you from afar knowing that you're there and 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 you're adding that sense of horror to them and all knowingness to them. You're still adding those aspects that are intri- intrinsic in mind flayers and even drow to them, but I want to give my players something to rest in, right? Something to chew on, something to think about that isn't just how screwed we are at all turns, right? That's me. Anyways, Terry, tier three. I have a solution for what you just said. Um, I, as much as I like to hurt people and like to feel the darkness, I think tier three is a perfect time to give them some happiness. To break, I think, okay, you need contrast. You need darkness, you need light. You need, even in the underdark, if you keep it the same all the time, you will lose people. They're going to disengage. They're yeah. like, oh, great, another depressing thing. And there's no, they have exactly, to be something yeah. happening. People, you know, even in the worst of worst wars, found ways to laugh and things like that. So I think you need to introduce some type of happiness to them, something for them to love, an NPC, something for them to get attached to, a child, a love interest, something. Only to take it away. And build it up <laughs> and then only to not snatch it from them, but make it make it so that it's very difficult for them to stay alive. Is is threaten, yeah. threaten them, but give them a good solid threat. Right? Yeah, them, I think it, the threat of death should be possible at any time. I'm I'm all about putting it in the fate of the dice, you know. Uh, but I think that tier three is a time for them to find love, but also for them to know what you're doing. Mm. I know what you're doing, which I said to Adam yeah. all the time. Oh, every session, I know what you're doing to me. Uh, that's the perfect time, tier yeah. three, because the big. The terrifying threats are coming in. But everything else you guys said, okay. I agree with. I'm not going to add and, on to that. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, okay? I'm talking about overarching. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There needs to be these moments of rest. You're, you're, it's a D&D campaign. You need to have a stronghold. Yeah. You guys need to gain land at some point. I firmly believe that everyone should have... If it's a pirate campaign, you have your own ship. If, if, you're if it's on the a planes, standard campaign, you're getting a keep. Yeah, or a right? stronghold yeah. of some sort, right? And a you, horse. Yes, everyone should have mounts and what... And at Tier 3, you're riding griffins. Maybe not in the Underdark, but <laughs> but uh, there are definitely things... Maybe, maybe you're riding giant bats. Like, there, there's some cool shit that you can <laughs> everyone's do Everyone's mounting gigantic mycanids, uh, and then down. everyone's walking around, I am Groot, and making their way through. Bullets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. That would be awesome. I'm like a sled. No. Oh, anyways. Um, Good luck taming those, but okay. Um, The the interesting thing about tier three for me, though, is where you run up against the hard line. Yeah. Okay. Of you cannot bard your way through this. You're not going to barbarian your way through this. You have to think your way through it because you're in the Underdark. You can't just rage through this city. Because you are the wrong kind of person. You need to feel like you are the wrong race in here. Because that's what this is about. That's the underdark. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can have people like looking at the corner of their eye at you for a session. Because then you are captured because that's what drow do. And the mind flayers eat the drow. The drow aren't going to allow the mind flayers in. Because the mind flayers eat the drow because... They need brains, and there are very few brain intelligent creatures down here besides the drow, right? So when you're getting into the lower dark, when you're getting into your 
end of tier three, beginning of tier four. Yeah. This is where I'm introducing, and that's where I'm coming from. I'm yeah. not saying keep it dark and evil the entire time. I'm saying what you need to do is you need to um, hold back and show the absolute horrors as being absolute. And there is no slavery is okay from this perspective in the Underdark. It always has to be bad. And if I'm going to give you beloved NPCs, I'm not going to kill them. Terry, I'm going to enslave them. Mm. And now you got to rescue them. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I'm going to... Real quick, Tier 4, what are you doing? Uh, tier 4 is Mind Flayers. Like, the hard stop. You're, you're going to get your Purple Dragons or your Shadow Dragons or your Beholders. Or, like, you, you get your big monsters in here. Yeah. But it's it's Mind Flayers. It's a Mind Flayer colony. You get within one mile of them. And they know you're... You get within one mile of a Mind Flayer... And the Mind Flayer is within one mile of an uh, Ulithrid. And the Ulithrid is within, uh, I think it's 10 miles of an Elder Brain. So you're 12 miles out from the, the colony. And they know you're there. And they know everything about you. Yeah. And you are walking through. You can't stealth your way in. And your, your NPCs are enslaved by the Elder Brain. Right? How do you deal with this? This is the problem of a tier four campaign. Yeah. Okay. In the Underdark. And that's where I'm coming from, where you can't say, well, we'll trade you because you established that in tier three that they trade. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you on tier four. Like, tier four, you're dealing with the kind of hard and fast. Like, these are the hard lines. No, these are. Uh, you at tier four, you're not playing politics. You are destroying massive evils at this point. Uh, it's funny. I look at tier four as as flipping the script between players and DMs, where the DM has established this entire world, and they've got all these NPCs, and they've got the things that they really care about, and they've built a story, and the players are sitting there under like between sessions, talking amongst themselves in a private face group chat, going, "So how are we going to screw up this DM's plans? How are we going to wreck everything?" And they become dungeon masters themselves because they're strategizing in ways that they never thought that they would do. Yeah. Right? And the DM is sitting back going, oh, God, what are the players going to do to me this week? Right? And then you, you, because you've built this world, you can adapt. Yeah. When you're in the Underdark, you, it's very much, I feel like, like the DM is running the world as it is. Here's slavery. Here's the bad guys. Here's the mind players. Here's the, the giant aberrations. And the players are coming in to, Give the mind flayers that dilemma. You're not giving the players a dilemma anymore. You're walking up and saying, hey, look, you know what? We can cave in the roof or you can give us our guys or you can keep our guys and you can stop the roof from caving in, but we're going to knock the floor out from underneath your city too because we have just established this complicated, yeah. complex, convoluted plan yeah. where the mind flayers don't have an option. That's how you beat them, mm -hmm. right? Because they're hyper-intelligent. This is where you're... You are no longer relying on Flaming Sword plus three to get you through the campaign. Yeah, uh, right. plus three sword. That would be better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'm doing with the tier four. Yeah. But I'm expecting way more out of my players, yeah. especially in the Underdark, because there are fewer options, so you need to get creative with those options. Yeah. For me, I, I am coming to the fruition of my storylines. I'm coming to the, the culmination of my storyline. So at this level is when you are fighting Drow Mate, like high-end like leaders of drow cities you are assaulting drow cities with armies that you've built um of ex-slaves or dwarves or uh duragar that are done being subjugated or something along those lines this is when you're doing that in tier four for me um like you're inciting revolts you're inciting and revolts yeah you're you're taking care of all that um this is when you are 
uh, once you hit like that tier four level, you are an adventurer of worldwide renown at that point. People know who you are and what your name is. Um, especially uh, mind flayers. Especially, <laughs> especially things that read your mind. And then only in the underdark, though. Yeah. Anyone on the surface has no idea who <laughs> yeah. you are. Well, like uh, I would say, even uh, around tier three, tier four is when you're finding a way to escape the underdark. Mm for a brief bit of respite and then make your way back down to take care of the threat that you are now currently enthralled within. Mm -hmm. Like these, these are things that I would address here at this level. Um, at level 20, you are taking care of an elder brain. You are taking care of, uh, uh, a collective of aboliths. You are... You're um, making deals with the aboliths and the baylors to wipe out the mind flayers. Yeah, yeah. Right. These are the kind of conversations you're having at mm -hmm. Tier 4. Terry? You're, I would say, yes. It, you, it not only making deals with aboliths and baylors, but you're at the point where you are strategizing so heavily you're trying to um start a war between drow and mind flayers yeah and let them, yeah hey, come up with some plan that's hey let's get their army to attack that army and then we'll just clear up whatever's left at the end yeah or, or do we are the guys who scale. will take the head off the snake so we're going to go over here while the armies are fighting over here yeah. right like it, it's it's these are the things you're dealing with here yeah i think it becomes it's it's not a matter of just taking things on head-to-head, one-on-one, yeah. like you were saying, it's not about plus three sword and barbarian at this point. It's it's huge climate shift. Um, yeah. You know, I would even, as a DM, though, to do that from the flip side, is I would do, you talking about the roof caving in and, and, and shifts in the earth and things, I would do that as well. Mm -hmm. Knowing that the players are going to try their plan, which is great, they can try things, but I think there should be some monumental shift in the environment as well. That, that, that purple worm that they've been hearing about and feeling the tremors of for the last 18 sessions mm -hmm. finally shows up and just like... Like a shit movie in the final scene where they don't know how they're going to kill the boss. Just They've heard about it constantly, just comes up and kills the boss. Yeah, we, the worst and now movie you ever. And now you have oh, to fight the purple worm. Yeah. No, yeah, we call that Gangs of New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I want to move on. Um, we're going to talk about the slavery and oppression uh, more closely next but before we do that i want to just do a quick shout out our art and all of the other things we've done i don't know how we've gotten to episode 18 without mentioning kate uh katie uh she gets a shout out in all of our uh posts all of our all of our posts she's right there at the bottom uh her instagram is at clementine art projects one solid wall of text there um, but she is a fantastic watercolor artist. She's done our logo. She's working on some other stuff for us that hopefully you guys will see sometime around the release of this recording. Um, like there are, she's fantastic. She's a personal friend of mine. Uh, was like my wife's best friend growing up. So, so like I know her very well. Um, she is a massive D and D nerd. And when I went to her and was like, can you draw a, a mimic for us? She was like, yeah, one sec. And then within 20 minutes, she had something. Like, it was ridiculous, the turnover that she had there. And um, I, I love her dearly. She's she's like a sister. So uh, this is a shout out to Katie. Um, and what, what what's the uh, what's her handle again? At Clementine Art Projects. People follow her, support her. She's got all sorts of ways that you could order prints from her and everything else. And, and it would mean the world to... Me and her, if you guys pursued that, she does portraits that are like amazingly photorealistic. Like I, I just I love her deeply. So, um, go to her Instagram, follow her, uh, show her some love because she has been our main graphic designer for the It's a Mimic podcast from day one. What's that handle? One more time, Dad. At Clementine Art Projects. Um, yeah, 
there, there we go. So um, we're going to move on from that to talking about the slavery and oppression. And Adam, you and I were talking in prep for this episode and you're like, hey, what can I do to help you with this? And I'm like, um, can you take care of the slavery and oppression? And I think the the people listening to this podcast up at this point know why I asked you to handle that. You have a far better grasp on kind of how to run that campaign, how to run that. So do you want to give a brief overview and then we will talk about how you as DMs handle this issue? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, when it comes to slavery, I, I particularly the concept of oppression of the people, there are a couple of different ways to do it. But I, the one thing I want to say that you should never do is hit it for shits and giggles. Mm, yeah. Um, it's got to be meaningful. It really does, especially in the Underdark, especially when you're dealing with xenophobes. A lot of um, like uh, orcs gather slaves to build their defenses for them and stuff, and they're opportunistic, which is just fine. When you are subjugating entire races, and I mean, I, I will, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush on this. Every single race in the Underdark has dark skin. And are getting enslaved. This is built into this. Yeah. It's hard baked in. You need to have some amount of respect when it comes to this shit. And this is something like we've talked about session zeros before. Like this is something you bring up in your session zero. Like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this big uh, like break the chains campaign in the Underdark. Anyone got an issue with this? Yeah. Right? This is something you bring up. So I'm just going to point people back to uh, episode nine that we did about party politics. I guess I really don't have a whole lot to say on top of this more than I've already said in the past, uh, except that I think that you, with permission, need to lean into the evil, evil, evil side of slavery. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean sex slaves. All right. That's that's not what I'm talking about. A lot of people are going to think that first. But I mean, the um, you stepped out of line. I'm going to flog you. Right, uh, I've got racist terms for everything. Like there, we know that that elves are dirty knife ears, right? And and uh, dwarves are overgrown gnomes. And like there are uh, I, mudkin. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I love the idea of of calling a human an overgrown halfling, right? Like there are there are these fun little names that they can throw back and forth in a regular D and D campaign. You end up with the dwarves. There, you have a party of dwarves going into an elvish land. And they're going to get into this cabbage slipper, loving, tree-hugging kind of garbage that they're throwing at their elves. When you're in the Underdark and you're dealing with the drow that are subjugating the Duragar, there is going to be a cultural um, disdain yeah. from the upper to the lower. Um, if you are going to do that... I run realistic campaigns, so I'm a big believer in... Embrace the darkness. Um, don't turn away from it. But give a break from it as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I would not be wallowing in a slave pit for four or five sessions. Okay. I would touch on it for one, maybe two, and then resolve it and get out. But when we're talking about slavery in the Underdark, we're saying like almost every single race, like major race, engages in the slave trade. Or in just slavery in and of itself within the Underdark. Like, there's examples of Durgar doing it. There's examples of Drow doing it. There's examples of Mindflayers doing it. Uh, the, the, um, but there aren't examples the of... The Fairlands. There are, there are very few examples of, if any, of Dwarves doing it. Yep. Like, there are, there are some races that straight up don't. Mm -hmm. um, this is really where I'm drawing the line between lawful good and lawful evil. 
and putting them in harsh contrast against each other. If you are going to be doing anything with slavery, you need to come at it with a certain amount of respect because it's going to make your players understand and respect it as well. You also need to um, understand that there is a line to walk on this. and It'll be different for every table. Um, and that line is simply, I like to be as realistic as possible without being as horrific as possible. Mm. Um, you need to know when you've drawn a freaking line and when you've crossed it. Yeah. And so be clear and open with your players ahead of time. Um, you don't know who's going to have a strong opinion about this. Um, and you don't know when you're going to touch a boundary, especially when you decide to enslave an NPC, keep them for five or six sessions, kind of off screen, and then they died. And there's nothing you can do about it. The end. No. They, they had a horrible life and then they died. Or, or even they come back and are that... They're, they're hollowed out. That hollowed out traumatic shell of what they used to be. There's going to be PTSD. There's going to be anger. There's going to be yeah. all sorts of things in the slaves. And there's going to be entitlement in the slavers. You need to really figure out what you want to deal with. We talk about playing with insanity. I love the idea of going mad. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of introducing mental illness and bipolar disorder based on, on childhood traumas. Because you were a child slave. I'm not big on that. No. Right? There are all sorts of uh, slaves that were, like, children slaves that, in history, that have been soldiers. I'm not, I'm not, my, me, myself, I'm not putting that in a campaign. That's a really interesting way to approach something. If you go to attack the Mind Flayers and the Mind Flayers just unleash the children to wipe you out, what do you do? That's a huge dilemma. Interesting question. Not in my campaign. Yeah. I got other things. Or we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Seems got more options in a fantasy campaign. Exactly. Yeah. So um, be aware of it. It's really hard baked into this setting to deal with slavery. Um, and honestly, if you want to deal with it and you think it's getting a little bit dark and a little bit heavy, free the slaves. Yeah. End the slaver. Are you talking about letting the players go home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, Terry, any tips? I think, uh, you know what, I've kind of um, experienced this, uh, well, on two continents, really. Like, being being from the UK, um, I know if I played D&D back in the UK, this wouldn't be an issue. Because it's not around us. It's not talked about. It's just, mm-hmm. it would be treated no differently to uh, murder or stealing or all those other things that we do in D&D. And just, it's just normal. Yeah. But to come into North America and, and uh, seeing how this is much more... Um, on people's minds I mean not necessarily so much in Canada you know we have our own things we think about here but definitely more down south um, it's yeah it's definitely something I'm aware of and something that I think does need to be treated a certain way um, but uh, that's something I had to learn you know because uh, I spent most of my adult life living in a place where it, this honestly wouldn't have been treated any different to where uh, you've also got to murder a hundred people as well. Okay, that's part of the game, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that you're absolutely right. I, I think that this is the thing where in some places, at some tables, this is going to be on, on the side of, of murder hoboism and on the and used as a plot point. Yeah. For other tables, this is the same thing as torture and rape. Yeah. This is all in the same conversation. And, and that's so. kind of what I'm getting at is uh, it, it taught me that you definitely have to be aware of your table. And those those first few sessions, those feeling out sessions are really important for how you're going to address things if you even want to address it at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know um, the Underdark can be hugely exciting and it's, it is a great um, campaign setting for uh, for exploration. But 
if you're with a table that just really doesn't want to explore this, you can do it without doing this. You know, don't yeah. let that waste the whole campaign that's, that somebody who's excited about just because you have to remove the idea of slavery um, because it's it's not essential. It's an idea which is in heavily in, in the lore, but if you need to take it out, take it out. You know, yeah. uh, let's work around it. My, my middle ground here, and I kind of touched on this really briefly, if you want to deal with the slavery without it being capital S slavery, yeah. is have it be a whole bunch of different races opportunistic enslavement yeah okay so that's that's kind of i picture duragar as having slaves of whoever they can get because yeah, they're low level like um cr yeah right compared to drow and mind flayers so they're 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 gonna get what they whatever they can get they're gonna take yeah whereas the drow are going to take this city and all of the inhabitants within it yeah right and, so, and like we talked about in the orc episode how like an orc uh raiding party would run into a city take like the strong that will help them uh, build and, their defenses yeah, leave the, and leave everybody else. Yeah. N- the drow are coming in and anyone they can't use as a slave, they're killing anyone else. They're coming and they're, they're taking everyone who could feasibly be enslaved. Whereas a mind player is coming in and taking everyone they can eat and only the strongest are slaves. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's almost reversed from there. Yeah. The other thing, so a lot of people don't get this about mind flayers. Uh, they can eat brains and every once in a while, um, when they eat the brains of their victim, their victim is still alive and they're just a hollowed out shell that do, does what they're told. They're just a blank slate and they do whatever they want. These to me are the actual mind flayer slaves, right? The hard labor slaves for, yeah. or because there's just, there's nothing left in there. Right. And they've had their meal. They don't need, they don't need to kill. They just need your brains. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, that, again, that's a matter of priority. What is, yeah. They just need the brains. Right. They have no, not, they don't necessarily have the desire to kill them. You yeah. Know, they know what they want. They know what they need. Um, if, and here's the last thing I'm going to say about slavery. If you want to dig into the darkness of it, if you want to get real, real messy with it, uh, and that's the kind of table that you run, uh, I suggest you enslave the party and have them experience it. Mm. And I suggest you enslave the party for months. I don't mean months of gameplay. I mean months within the world. Your items are gone. Your con and strength and dex are all going to take major negative effects because you've been worked down to um, almost skeletal level of, of, of horror. And now between sessions, you've got to escape now and, and you're all like bearded and gaunt and, and emaciated I love that. and and now you have to get somewhere else and between sessions you're going to get back up into your healthy yeah right and time has passed you can just kind of hand wave this and say well it's like in D, you know it's, it's three hours for 18 seconds to pass or it's one minute for four years to pass like, yeah we can do it this way yeah yeah so you can kind of hit the broad strokes of slavery without without digging too deep and still keep it messy still that messes with the party when they when they return home after 18 years of slavery mm-hmm. they started off because every adventurer is 22 years old yeah right yeah, and, and they come home and they're then they're 40 and their wife has moved on all of mine are always in their 30s yeah <laughs> that's true but apart from the last one which is 452 but that's fine <laughs> so all right so uh do we have anything else we want to bring up about the Underdark here, uh, guys? Uh, we've 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 heavily covered the locations. We've heavily covered the races and whatnot. We've heavily covered that mind flayers want to eat everyone's brains with some flavor beans and nice chianti. What else are we doing here? Okay, so one thing that we didn't really touch on, and uh, 
we got to be better about this, guys. From a player's perspective, from the player's perspective. <laughs> uh, we, we are very... Uh, the panel of DMs sits down and discusses from a Dungeon Master perspective. What is a player? Okay. <laughs> They're those then, douchebags that keep wrecking my world. Oh, the five people that show up and watch me play D&D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they're those people that buy me pizza to hear me monologue. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And then NPC2 says for three minutes. Yeah. So, um, those assholes that interrupt my villain monologue. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, um, from a player perspective, off the top of your head, guys, what are classes or races that you want to play in the Underdark? Hmm. I want to play a half-orc barbarian. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Something that thematically leans into this. So your character, your, your human paladin has died. At level 12, everyone is in the is in the bottom of the middle dark, and you have to introduce a new character. Who is this character? Oh, please, I played. I, I want to play a drow fugitive. I want to play it from the other way. You're not from the surface. Now you got. You have to get out away from the. Society. I was literally about to beg everyone to not do specifically that because everyone then is some version of Dritz. And it no. drives me up the wall no whenever way. I see, oh, I am the one neutral Who's good everyone? drow ranger. No way. I'm no, telling no, no, you no, no. I'm a drow fugitive. I'm telling you that I have to get away. And so, no, I'm not the one I'm not the one who wants to get away and I'm different and yes, weirdly handsome. I have to get away, otherwise I'm gonna die. You've got like scars all over you from your slavery. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I, well, that's cool. I'm thinking what uh, rogue? Um Probably not assassin. Probably not thief. No, I wouldn't because that's too. That's too something honest. that a bard. Maybe it doesn't necessarily help me. I just have to get away, no matter what it is. A bard. You were singing a oh. a, a bad song and got enslaved. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what about a barbarian? The only way you got out is because you raged out of your chains and you you yep. fought. You were pushed to your limit so and you fought. Exactly. And now, instead now you're of, a drow barbarian. Instead of becoming a like? hollow shell, I that switch flicked in me and 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 that's I cool. went the other yeah. way. I want to play as Verf Neblin. I've never played a great gnome. Uh, I love gnomes. I've never played as Verf Neblin. Stop being small! Be taller! <laughs> Be taller! <laughs> I think I had a nerve. Oh, dear God. We're just tired of your <laughs> No, He's got a point. I'm playing in three campaigns right now. And I'm playing a gnome, a goblin, and a halfling. Oh, respectively. Yeah. I'm playing nothing but small races. Also, here's my thing as well. Just side note. When you're a halfling, like their whole race is called halfling. If I was a halfling, I'd be like, why are we the ha- I'm a whole. I'm a whole person. Why is it? I'm a light foot. That, that's it. And, and then the races, stout ones are going My racist term for humans now is holings. Yeah, but why? <laughs> but I wouldn't even, as a halfling, I'd be like, I'm actually a holing? What am I half of? What am I, why am I decidedly half of you? Like, you know, I'm a whole thing. And the, yeah, the Goliath looks down and we you're go, a you're a thirdling. I'm, I'm a holing. You humans are doublings. You're twice as big as you should be. Um, okay, so, all right, besides a, a gnome what um i i i, I would want to play one of the iconics like i maybe play a uh Durgard that's got a myconid thing in his brain but has been severed from the hive mind so he's just like kind of uh i want to say almost robotic mm-hmm. almost like he's very um there's not a lot of 
force of personality and a lot of his character They're gonna last you a session and a half no no no. and a lot of his session a lot of his uh character development is him having these bursts of personality as his body is fighting back the spore something cool like that right and uh so he's gonna come along he's gonna be along with the party and he's gonna fight along with the party but eventually these duragar blasts of uh personality are gonna come out and he's going to be this brooding angry uh, controlling dwarf character uh, for uh, 15 minutes before the the spore takes back control or something. Like I wanted, I want to do something mm. interesting. I would definitely play this guy maybe more as a as a druid or or some sort of earth shaper. Well, your circle of spores. You just said. That. Yeah, yeah, right? right. Like either circle of spores or 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 you could be uh, circle of the land and and tone it for being in the underdark i believe that's caves is one of the options mm. so i think it is just straight up underdark yeah so like play that right mm-hmm. that's uh, cool yeah um, okay for me i'm gonna minotaur, I, i'm trying to think yeah like minotaur would be cool right because they can't get lost um they always know the path that they've taken if they've ever taken it yeah which then when the the tunnels are shifting that would mess with a minotaur yeah but um i was thinking more when about my roomba just has no idea where it's going <laughs> even though it's supposed to program so whatever uh, fix it <laughs> <laughs> sorry adam I'm Ter- just angry. terry's got some strong emotions tonight here okay. people. roomba fix your shit <laughs> No more crap. Well, continue the crap here. Just stop being hipsters. Dan, be taller. I mean, you're already 6'2", anyway. So, you know, just in fantasy. <laughs> All right. So, if I was looking at... at the, I'm undercompensating. That's the problem. At the, start compensating again. <laughs> Compensate. People have been talking. Compensate more. Compensate more. So, so if, if I'm looking at the races that you can play, I'd definitely be looking at Earth Genasi. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to lean into that whole Underdark feel. Maybe even Water. Depending on where you are in oh, the Oh, I like underdark. that. Warrior Genasi would be good, actually. Um, the other thing that I think really leans heavily into the Underdark is Tieflings. If you're going to play an Abyssal side of, of this, and you're going kind of far planes, that's an interesting way of going as well. Yeah. Uh, play a Warlock, and a lot of these uh, patrons that you could choose, you could pull directly from, like, oh yeah, no, he's in that cave over there, right? Yeah, there are a lot of really powerful things in the, in the Underdark. Yeah. But when it comes to... Uh, to what race I would play, I would. I mean, I've played this in the past, but Gloomstalker just screams to me. Yeah, under dark because if anything, Terry, you're gonna love this. This is a ranger. If anything that relies on dark vision to see you in the dark is looking at you and it's dark, they can't see you. Ooh. So if you're in the dark, anyone without dark vision can't see you. Anybody with dark vision can't see you you are invisible all of the time until someone lights a torch so i'm thinking a water genasi so i can put out which flames. a player's player which a player would never do no be like but we have all of these spells to use. <laughs> <laughs> but but i'm thinking water genasi to put out the fires gloom stalker yeah that i think is is my min maxed yeah fair uh, enough uh under dark creature Okay, uh, so this one ran a little bit long, so we're going to end it now. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening to us nerd out about the Underdark for a while. It's it's a it's a favorite around this table. That was good. It really truly is. Let's we're gonna okay. I know we've got a Mind Flayer episode coming up. Let's do a Drow and Durgar yeah. episode. Yeah, here. yeah. Let's dig Definitely. into some of this D and D episode. <laughs> because Drow and Durgar. I don't understand. But also the game is what? not what. 
Okay. Um, on that, on that awkward note, on that awkward <laughs> note, like with most of our podcasts, we're going to end on that awkward note. Uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, catch us again next week. It's Mimic. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. I love that you just say it's a mimic. Like no one can it's see you mimic. shrug and wink and do your like little finger guns. <laughs> and shit. It's hey. heavily implied in this hey, tone. No, no. Hey, How it's is a it heavily implied in this tone. Guys, it's a minute. My hands are up. What could I say? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Oh. These guys are going to keep giving me shit for another hour. So Another hour, nothing. We're going to give you shit for the rest of your life.